Most Missouri fans probably aren't feeling great about the quarterback position, but you know what? That gives them something in common, in my opinion, with most of the rest of the conference this year. So let's talk about that and possible high school free agency later in the program on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started with all your wagering. And after last week's episode, my previous episode on Friday, of course, I talked about new Missouri quarterback commit Aiden Glover for the 2024 class. And I had one person on YouTube reach out to me and say, we don't need another quarterback, dot, dot, dot. Now, here's one of my pet peeves, folks, as you may have guessed there, adding dot, dot, dot. What exactly is that adding to your point? Excuse me. I'm sorry. It makes me feel like, am I supposed to infer that there's another point there? Or I, I don't know. Just a little grammar pet peeve of mine. But regardless, the point is, I would disagree with the premise. No, I think v- Missouri very much does need another qu- another quarterback. At least one quarterback, I would say, in every high school cycle at the very least, on top of probably taking a transfer quarterback in a lot of years as well, especially when you don't have a surefire starter at quarterback who's in the top half of the league, a guy who's at least Drew Locke or James Franklin. Doesn't necessarily have to be Brad Smith or Chase Daniel, but somebody you know week one, you know who's going to take that first snap regardless of injury. Well, if you look at the Locked On Podcast Network, well, Last last week, I showed you some of our our network's rankings for this offseason throughout the SEC. Well, we also did, me and my colleagues did a rankings of the quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference. Well, the top five is kind of interesting. You look at number one, K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas. Number two, Jaden Daniels, a former Missouri target back in the day of LSU. Now, at this point... And number three, interestingly, is an or. It's Carson Beck or Brock Vandergriff at the University of Georgia. Now that right there, obviously you expect Georgia is going to recruit four and five-star quarterbacks each and every year out of their high school cycle. So of course, I'm sure Carson Beck or Brock Vandergriff, I'm sure they have great talent. But you know what? Jake Garcia has a lot of talent too. Sam Horn has an absolute ton of athletic talent as well. And yet none of those guys are guaranteed starters. So why are we just assuming that these Georgia guys are going to step in and be awesome? The thing is, I think Georgia is going to be good regardless of how good their quarterback situation is. But obviously, if you're going to have at least a Stetson Bennett quality at that position, well, you're looking at the favorites to win the title. Once again, I just don't think we should be assuming so much. Just don't get me wrong. Georgia obviously has earned the benefit of the doubt in terms of a football program. But at the quarterback position, I think there's a little bit to question there. 
I'm not saying that they've been horrible at that position. I, I just don't think that they deserve as much assumptions as they're getting right now. For instance, Spencer Rattler doesn't make the top five here. And while Rattler has certainly been an up and down player in his career, to me, I'd give him more benefit of the doubt than I would a guy who really hasn't taken a snap this year. Or your number five position, another or position here in the top five, Joe Milton of Tennessee or Nico. Uh, I don't really know how to pronounce your name. That's what I'm going to go with there. I am Malava. May, I am Malava. Sure, we'll go with that. But regardless, again, a guy I've never heard of, or Joe Milton, a guy with unbelievable arm talent, one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. He threw a pass in the bowl season just this past December or January. I, I couldn't believe my eyes how far he threw the ball. And yet, I've also seen Joe Milton at Michigan. And he was an inconsistent player at best with John Harbaugh, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh. Got my Harbaugh brothers mixed up there for a second. But the point is, once you really get into this list, you dive even deeper and deeper into this list. And my colleagues actually have Brady Cook down at 13th out of 14 players in the conference. Actually, more players than that when you consider that, well, apparently some of my colleagues would be happier with whoever Tennessee or Georgia's backup is over Brady Cook. Same thing with Alabama as well. Why is Jalen Milrow, for instance, getting getting the benefit of the doubt? We've seen nothing from him in terms of production yet. I, I just think that Brady Cook is getting not only dismissed apparently by Missouri fans, but apparently the rest of the conference as well. To put to put AJ Swan ahead of him from Vanderbilt, for instance. Listen, Swan had some impressive moments last year, but he also had some moments like Brady Cook, that showed his inexperience. Some bad interceptions, some happy feet, all that good stuff. And to me, Robbie Ashford or Peyton Thorne of Auburn being two spots ahead of Brady Cook is kind of patently absurd, to be honest. We saw Robbie Ashford against Missouri last season in a short period of time last year, and, and frankly, Ashford could do almost nothing throwing the football. I just didn't see it from him at all, and I didn't see it in his film leading up to the Missouri game either that he was going to somehow be able to even move the ball effectively at all against what was a very above-average Missouri defense. So, again, the point here is I guess we can quibble with these 1-13 to rankings. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think Brady Cook should be in the top five or anything like that. If I'm Spencer Rattler, I've probably got a chip on my shoulder a little bit. But at the same time, I think a lot of these guys are a lot more similar. Connor Wiegman at Texas A&M, what has he proven? Devin Leary at Kentucky, what has he proven? My point is, I think we're just we're seeing some of these guys who maybe haven't failed in any serious way yet getting the benefit of the doubt because people just feel like they know what they have in Brady Cook. I'm not so sure about that. I'd love to see him with a healthy shoulder for this entire 2023 and with a different look, a different offensive coordinator because once the keys were taken away from Eli Drinkwitz last season, actually Brady and the whole offense got much better. So to me, if you're looking at that ranking for me and my colleagues here at Locked On of and Brady's the 13th supposedly best starting quarterback in the league, well, I for one don't agree with that. And number two, I think the difference between 13 and even number five, I don't think is very much in this league right now. And coming up, Missouri basketball is now officially out on a big 2024 
target on the basketball court. And also Isaiah Mosley. Is it a fair criticism to say that he was too ISO heavy last year? Well, let's talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about a fan duel, the official sports book of the NBA. And you need to make your way to fan duel right now because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500 back. In bonus bets, if your first bet doesn't win, and while, yes, the NBA is finished, the draft is coming up, plenty of futures there. Also, the St. Louis Cardinals this afternoon. Jack Flaherty taking the mound about 3 o'clock, minus 146 on the road for the Cardinals. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think I'd stay away there. But regardless of what you're into, there's no better place to bet on all the baseball action and all the NBA draft futures as well than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And a shout out to everydayer John Berger, who I neglected to mention. He actually was the first person who helped me piece together the information about, hey, who were the Tigers who won NBA championships before Michael Porter Jr. So again, John, sorry I failed to mention you the first time there. Also, shout out to another guy who's been a longtime listener. Ryan says, fun fact, I thought I'd point out that since you've mentioned a couple times about Tigers winning NBA titles, I know he didn't graduate from Mizzou, but Wayne Krecklow, the old volleyball coach for the Tigers, won an NBA title with the Celtics in 1981. So hey, there you go. Another Mizzou connection with a ring there. I also believe Larry Drew won an NBA championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers all back in 2016 as an, as an NBA assistant as well. So there you go. Closing the loop on all that good stuff. I will say if I do occasionally maybe mention or forget to mention your YouTube comments, something like that, please forgive me folks. Because again, I took 9,300 steps yesterday on a broken foot. And the point is, I'm going to try to go for sympathy here. My point is, I'm a busy guy. I'm moving around a lot. I'm not going to see every single comment. It's just not going to happen. So forgive me if that occasionally slips through the cracks. But regardless, back to Missouri here. we got to talk a little basketball because Jaron Stevenson, a guy that Missouri had been trying to get to reclassify to the 2023 class, well, he decided to stay in 2024, play out his last season of high school basketball. And when that happened, it seemed fairly apparent that Missouri probably wasn't going to get Stevenson. Well, that's all but official at this point. Stevenson put out his top three of colleges, 
and Missouri was not among them. And to some people, well, this is another reason why, gosh darn it, Dennis Gates is recruiting. It's just not good enough or whatever. And to that, I would just say, look at who Missouri got last season. And look who Missouri is getting this season, this offseason, under Dennis Gates. Nothing against the guys from last season who Missouri got because I loved that team last year. I'm sure you did too. Demoy Hodge, DeAndre Golston, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, again, all of these guys were transfers from Horizon League type programs. You know, the, the Missouri Valley in Noah Carter's case, for instance. Well, this past cycle, now Missouri is getting transfers from higher programs. Guys like Iowa, Iowa State transfer Caleb Grill, for instance. You're also getting a higher caliber, or at least a, a good caliber, of high school players in the guy, the three guys that Missouri is bringing in. So comparatively, while improvement is not always going to just go up in a straight line, of course, and neither are, is your recruiting, so far I actually think this is a step up from what Dennis Gates did last season. So again, for a guy who clearly knows how to put an offense together, I'm not too worried about this team scoring whatsoever for 23-24. Now, if you're worried about them getting stops, that's fair. Missouri didn't get enough stops last season. They certainly didn't get enough defensive rebounds last season. And there's certainly reason to be worried about that this season, despite Connor Vanover's very large and lanky presence. So if you want to question that, I'm fine with it. But in terms of, oh my God, he's doing a terrible job, he being Dennis Gates, is doing a terrible job on the recruiting trail right now. I, I just think that's misguided. In fact, if you step back and take a wider angle look at the whole thing, in fact, Missouri is recruiting at a higher level than it did last season. So if you keep this trajectory going with another NCAA tournament appearance at the very least this coming year, I think the next offseason, that trajectory will continue in an upward fashion. And you know what? When it comes to Isaiah Mosley, this may well be the last time I bring him up on this program because I just can't imagine what more we have to talk about when it comes to Isaiah. But there was an interesting comment. Again, apologies for not writing down this person's handle here. I didn't see a, a real name, so it didn't exactly stick in my brain. But somebody did say that, hey, maybe Isaiah Mosley was guilty of just too much isolation basketball, and Dennis Gates didn't like that so much. Well, I had to stop a little bit and think, you know what? Is that a fair criticism? Because honestly, one thing that surprised me about Mosley last season, I thought his passing was really, really good, much better than advertised, at least much better than I was expecting. Can't say I watched Mosley play a ton of full games at Missouri State, but regardless, that was one thing. I, I expected him to be able to score, but his playmaking really popped to me. At the same time, I do think there is some truth to that criticism, that at times when Mosley would get the ball, well, it would stick in his hands a little bit longer than maybe it would other players who would be just moving the ball around the perimeter, cutting, backdoor, all that good stuff. When Missouri's offense was truly clicking last year, it was a beautiful thing to watch. So, but at the end of the day, though, well, I, I think there's some truth to that. I I ultimately think if Mosley would have made it next season, I think he would have found a good balance for the Tigers. And honestly, I just think the idea that he's not here because of basketball reasons, I just can't imagine that that's true. I think it's pretty apparent that Missouri would have liked Isaiah to be back if it were purely for basketball reasons, but 
for whatever reason, maybe a multitude of reasons, it just wasn't going to be able to happen this season. I don't think Dennis Gates and company wanted another sort of will he or won't lease, will he or will he not play season for Mosley this coming winter. And coming up, obviously, name, image, and likeness rules and the transfer portal, a.k.a. de facto college-free agency, well, they've obviously had enormous effects on those sports at the college level. But my question is, if this is the standard we're setting, how long is it going to be until high school athletes can transfer freely as well? So let's talk about that right after these quick words. Now, of course, one of the big arguments that's been made through this whole transfer portal period, if you will, the people who are all in favor of freedom of movement among college athletes, well, they'll argue that, hey, if you're just a student, if you're just a plain old Missouri student, for instance, well, in the past, you've always been able to just transfer whenever you want, as many times as you want to whatever school will have you. And nobody has a problem with that, right? The student part of that. But as fans, we get protective of our teams and of our favorite players. So that's when it starts to go a little bit, right? I think is, you know, from the fans' perspective, I can totally understand that. But of course, well, we're here now, aren't we? Regardless of what you think about it, the reality is at least once for sure. And for all intents and purposes, multiple times, guys can transfer, without real penalty. We just saw Xavier Pinson do it. He transferred from Missouri to LSU and then to New Mexico State last year. He did not sit out in either one of those two off-seasons that I just brought up. There was no games being sat out by Xavier Pinson. And again, whether you have a problem with that or not, that's where we are. So my question is, now that we're in a world where Name, image, and likeness is apparently, according to the Missouri legislature, some recent laws have been passed there that are going to allow high school athletes to cash in on their name, image, and likeness. Well, here's then my question, sort of the logical question then follows, in my opinion, well, what about freedom of, of movement for high school athletes? Because although it is a little bit different, especially in public schools. Now, in private schools, the ostensibly private schools out there, yeah, you can come and go as you please, I suppose. Transfer, leave whenever you want, and go wherever wherever a school will take you, essentially. But when it comes to athletics, well, it's not that simple because if you go to Misha right now, the Missouri State High School Athletics Association, Go to their website, go to the Columbia Public Schools website, for instance. Well, they'll tell you, if you're going to transfer, if they accept your transfer, by the way, it's not as simple as just saying, hey, I'm at Rockbridge and I want to go to Hickman. Well, I think a lot of times they'll accept that, but it's certainly not a guarantee. You know, Rockbridge isn't necessarily going to let you leave and Hickman's not necessarily going to accept you, no matter how much your mommy and daddy pay in in public property taxes. That's just the way... It goes. But on the athlete side of this, whether they accept you or not, let's say you get to go from Rockbridge to Hickman or to Battle or vice versa. These are all public schools in Columbia here, by the way. Well, you're going to have to sit out for 365 days of varsity athletics. So you can still play JV football or JV hoops or whatever it might be, but clearly there's a lot 
of competitive balance still being enforced here at the public high school level. My question is, how long is that going to happen? Isn't that a really interesting juxtaposition? Especially in a world where, let's be real, let's not get deep into our big political debate here, but there are some people that feel like minors should be able to do a lot of different things that they used to not be able to do. You fill in the blanks there yourself, folks. I think you can you can figure out what issue I'm hinting at here, but I don't want to get into it because that isn't this show. My point is, what is the argument against high school players being able to transfer freely to whatever team they want to and being eligible immediately to play varsity basketball or varsity football? What's the argument other than, well, I'm a, I'm a Rockbridge guy and I don't want to see our starting quarterback playing for Hickman? Guess what? I'm a Missouri fan, and I don't want to see our starting quarterback playing for Arkansas. It's the exact same argument other than, again, well, they're minors, and we want to control what they do. Except that's a little tricky, too, because not even getting into the thorny political issues of 2023, but even just the issue of their minors. Well, they're not all minors. Some of these people are 18 years old, and in the age of consent in Missouri for certain, I don't know, Loving acts, let's say, I think is even lower than 18 years old. I'd have to catch on that. I'd have to check on that. But regardless, you can certainly work at 16 years old in this state, earn the minimum wage, pay payroll taxes, all that good stuff. So again, what's the argument that you can't choose to transfer high schools and play for somebody else? If If they can pay taxes, I think they should be able to play quarterback for whoever they want. I don't know. That's just me. But hey, I'd be really interested to hear what you all think about this. At the very least, I think something's coming here. Don't you see the the track I laid out here? Really, I'd be interested to hear all of your thoughts everywhere on social media, at Locked on Mizzou. And of course, really probably the best way to get in touch with me. I always read my emails, LockedOnMizzou at gmail.com. So thanks, as always, for listening to this program. Be with you back real soon with all the good stuff here. I'm locked on Mizzou.